Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Y'all grab your Bibles, turn with me to Daniel chapter 3, please. Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. And then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up, threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Then look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. And Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the doors of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Lord, we thank you for your blessing on your word today. We know that we can't hear it or understand it unless you, uh, through your Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our minds. And I pray that you'd help us to do that right now. Help us to hear it. Help us to apply it because we don't want to just be hearers of your word. We want to be doers. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as far as I know, today is the last week of our firewalking series. We have uh, identified five principles from the fiery furnace experience of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that can help us in the fiery seasons of our lives. Now, we've already talked about three of them. If you, uh, if you weren't here or if you weren't able to catch up, I hope you will catch up uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, which is Covenant Life West Georgia. Uh, you can also catch the podcast on all the platforms, Apple, Google, Android, Spotify. You'll also find us on the Kingdom Rock Radio Network, an internet radio station that's run by our good friend, Pastor Mark Stroud. Lots of ways to stay in touch, lots of ways to keep track of what's going on if you miss a service. Today we're going to roll out the last two principles in the same message called the Fire Fallout Principle. The Fire Fallout Principle. The Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes tells us that there is a time and a season for everything. The best and worst part about seasons is that seasons change. If you're in a season of growth, you're in a season of favor, you're in a season of advancement, listen, enjoy it, right? I mean, enjoy it. Praise God for it. 
but don't get married to it because that season is going to change, right? Y'all ain't talking to me today, are you? But you see, you're not going to live on the mountaintop all your life. That's just the way life is. On the flip side of that, if you are uh, in, a, in a fire walking season and things have been really hot for you for a while, I just want to encourage you today that your season is going to change too. The fire will not last forever. Weeping may endure for the night, the word says, but joy comes in the morning. Your morning is going to come. Your dawn is going to break uh, and you are going to see the sun rise on the day that your fire walking season will end. And that is good news. So we've talked about a lot of things about fire walking in the series. Getting your focus right as you're heading into uh, and walking through a fire. Finding that fire forged friendship with Jesus as you're in the fire. Staying long enough to allow Jesus to set you free by the fire. And today I want us to talk about what happens after the fire. What happens after the fire? I don't know how much longer you have in the fire. I would love to be able to stand here and tell you, hey, you're see, the Lord said your season's ending today. I would love to do that. But that wouldn't be prophesying, that'd be prophesying. All right? That is not the same thing. I don't know how much longer your fire walking season's going to last. But until that season changes... I just want you to have something to look forward to because the only thing you really need to get through this life is just a little bit of hope, right? And that hope comes through Jesus. So have you thought about what comes next after the fire walking season's over? Have you thought about that? I know it's hard to think about when you're in the, when you're just sort of trying to survive moment to moment in the fire, but I want you to force yourself to think about it for just a few minutes. What's next for you? What's life going to be like after this particular fire walking season is over for you? How are you going to use the freedom that you gain? How are you going to use the experiences that you've had and the lessons that you've learned? What's this fire walking season doing to you and in you as a person? And what lasting effect is it having on you? That's what I want you to think about. See, there's always fallout from every experience. The things that happen as a result of the things that you've been through. That's the fallout. There certainly was for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their life on the other side of the fiery furnace was different than their life before. So I want, you, I want you to see it in their lives today, and I want you to anticipate it in your life as well. So let's go back, pick up where we left off in Daniel chapter 3, and read the next three or four verses so we can see what's next for them. So then the officers, the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. And then Nebuchadnezzar said, the heathen king that put up a 90-foot idol in the desert said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make this decree. Verse 29. If any people 
whether they're, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. <laughs> then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. So here's the first part of the fallout principle. Your firewalk is a wordless witness. Your firewalk is a wordless witness. I'm not trying to add any pressure to an already difficult situation, but after the king threw these guys in the fire, you know what he did and all the folks around him? You know what they did? They sat down over there and watched. They just like, well, let's see how long this takes. Right? I, I just want you to know that even though you feel like you're fighting for your life in there, there are other people who see what you're going through and they're watching to see what's going to happen. Amen. I'm not saying, I'm not even saying they're finding fault. I'm not saying they're nitpicking. I'm just saying there's people who see you. They're watching you. They're not judging you. They know it's hard, but they're watching to see what's going to happen. And when you walk out victorious... When you come out on the other side of your firewalking season with a freedom and an intimacy and a spiritual authority that you never had before, those same people are going to crowd around you just like the king and his advisors did these three guys. What God does in you and for you while you're in your firewalking season is going to be a wordless witness of, to them of the power of God in your life. These three guys didn't have to say a word. They didn't call a meeting. They just walked out of the fire. The people looked at them. They gathered around them. They, they looked at their clothes. They looked at their skin. They, they looked at everything. And then those people formed their own reverent opinions of the God who had brought them out of that fire. Your life is a witness. Your life's a witness. We used to talk about it all the time when I was a kid. We, we talked about not, not falling into sin because you don't want to ruin your, your witness. You all remember talking about that? We don't talk about that anymore. Your life is your witness. The way you live is your witness. Right? People are watching you. You can share the gospel with people till you're blue in the face. But if they're not ready to hear it, if the Holy Spirit hasn't opened up their minds to be able to understand it, it's not going to do any good. The Holy Spirit will use your firewalking experience to open up the eyes and the ears and the minds of those who are watching you. He'll show them the gospel through your life. It'll be the best witnessing tool you've ever had. And you won't have to speak a word. They'll watch you come out of your fire and they'll marvel at how God helped you and brought you through. Lots of examples of this in the Word when Paul and Silas were arrested for casting a demon out of a slave girl in the city of Philippi, Acts chapter 16 tells us they were beaten to a bloody pulp with wooden rods. And after the beating was over, they were placed under guard in the innermost cell in the dungeon of the prison. They were in the worst hole in the place. They were placed, their feet were placed in stocks so that they, they couldn't go anywhere, as if they had the energy to go anywhere. 
They, they were placed there, and, and they sat in the damp and the cold. They sat there in the filth and the squalor, beaten, bruised, and bleeding. This is a level of firewalking that the vast majority of us are never going to have to experience. Thank the Lord. Right? What did they do while they were sitting there? While they're walking through their fire, what was, what was it they did? They were singing songs of praise to the Lord and praying. And the Bible says the other prisoners were listening. The other prisoners were listening. You say, well, of course they're listening. They're all locked up together. It's midnight, and they're all singing, and, and they had no choice but to listen. No, there's a difference in listening and hearing. Can some parents say amen about that? There's a difference in hearing and listening. You can hear something simply because the sound waves are floating into your ear canals and vibrating your eardrums, but it takes an act of the will to listen. Listening is a decision. Mamas, how many times y'all said, are you listening to me? Right? Listen, kids, when they clap in rhythm to what they say in, just do what they say, man. Just, just do it. These, these prisoners were listening on purpose. They knew these, they knew these were the new guys. <laughs> they knew how badly they'd been beaten. They knew from firsthand experience how they must have been feeling and they, they could not wrap their heads around the effort that it took for Paul and Silas to sing and pray out loud in that moment. And it got their attention. It's, it's what makes it so intriguing to me is that every one of those prisoners were walking through a very similar fire at that very time. Same as Paul and Silas. They, they knew the pain. They knew the fear. They also knew that Paul and Silas were walking through that same fire very differently than they were. And that's what got their attention. That's why they were listening. They had earned a new level of credibility with the other prisoners. Their their fellow firewalkers because of the way they were walking through the fire. The fact that all of us, every human you meet, will have our firewalking seasons just means that how we handle ourselves in the fire is, is going to speak volumes to the people around us because they've all been there. As a matter of fact, it wasn't just the prisoners who were listening, but apparently the jailer was as well because after God sent an earthquake to release Paul and Silas from their chains, the jailer came to them and said, unprompted, said, what, what do I have to do to be saved? What have I got to do to be saved? They weren't preaching the gospel. They were praying. They were singing worship songs. And, and this jailer figured out, I'm lost. They're found. I need what they've got. That's why, we, that's, what, why, that's why we yell and scream so much around here about being real. That, that's why we talk about being real all the time. Stop hiding your flaws. Stop hiding your hard times. Stop denying the flames that you're walking through. People have already seen them, and your firewalk is a wordless witness to them. They, they may come and ask you questions about it. Be ready to talk about the faithfulness of God during your hard time and see if God won't use it for his glory and for their benefit. See, Jesus told his followers before the Holy Spirit came, he said, I'm going to give you power, and you're going to have power to become 
witnesses. Not power to witness, but power to be a witness. When, when you learn to lean on the power of the Holy Spirit in your firewalking season, you are becoming a witness. The witness that he wants you to be. Your, your firewalking is a wordless witness for all the world to see. And that's the most powerful witness of all. It's a life that demonstrates the power of God in every circumstance, good or bad. So be hopeful as you walk through the fire. The fallout of this season will be powerful and effective for the kingdom. Now, I'm not saying you're never going to say a word. I'm saying that you won't have to break the ice. The ice will be broken by the fact that they're observing what you're walking through. Then you get a chance to talk. Right? So the first, far, the first part of the fallout principle is that your fire walking will be a wordless witness. Here's, a, here's the second part. The fire will take you higher. You're welcome. The fire will take you higher. Right? When the three Hebrew guys came out of the fire, after a thorough examination by those who've been watching, the king promoted them to an even greater position of influence and authority in his heathen kingdom than they had before. Their experience in the fire took them higher. Here's the good news for you. Y'all ready for some good news? There is often an elevation or a promotion after the firewalking season is over. As a matter of fact, I think most of the seasons of our lives are seasons of preparation for the next level, whatever that might be. If you know anybody in the military or anybody who's been in the military, then you've heard stories of basic training, right? Nobody says, man, it was awesome. I loved it. It was great. <laughs> Nobody. Because it's not supposed to be fun. It's awful. It's painful. It's scary. It overwhelms everything physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all the things. As a matter of fact, uh, the men and women who, uh, most of the men and women who experience it will never experience anything like it again in their lives until they go to war. And that's the point, right? To prepare them for war. War is much worse than basic training. But they'd never have a chance at surviving, much less winning the war, had it not been for the intense season of preparation that they, they went through in basic training. Why? Why is that? Because some things can only be learned or accomplished in the fire. See, I believe there are ministry opportunities I believe there are job opportunities. I believe there are relationship opportunities that are waiting for you on the other side of your fire. He's just getting you ready for what's coming. The hotter the fire, the greater the promotion. Right? But make no mistake, we're in a war too. God's not some sick, sadistic deity that just enjoys toying with his creation. There's always a purpose in your pain. And there is always fallout from your fire that will take you higher. You just have to pay attention. And let me show it to you. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I read part of this last week, I think. Last week or the week before. James 1 verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when any troubles of any kind come your way, consider it... Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. 
So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be complete and perfect and you won't need anything. If you need wisdom, ask your generous God, our generous God, and he'll give it to you and he won't rebuke you for asking it. Endurance. Somebody sent me a text this week about the message last week and they connected verse 5 to the 2 through 4 that I had read last week and I wanted to put that in there as well because it makes perfect sense. Endurance and maturity come from walking through the fire. And if you need wisdom about how to apply the lessons that you've learned in the fire, God will give it to you. You just have to ask. As a matter of fact, this works retroactively. You you don't have to have been in a fire. You don't have to be in a fire right now. You can look back at your past fires and ask God to give you wisdom about what it was you learned in that fire. And he'll do it. And he won't fuss at you for asking. See, anointing comes from the pressure of the crushing. You know that's where oil comes from, right? You crush the olives. Sometimes people feel like the fire disqualifies them from service in the kingdom of God. They buy into this myth of the perfect Christian life that if you're having any problems, then you must not be doing something right. It's a lie. Don't believe it. Don't believe it has no basis in the, in the word of God. Fire doesn't disqualify you. As a matter of fact, it does the opposite. Fire purifies and qualifies. You come through the fire and you're now qualified for promotions that you couldn't have even been considered for previously because you weren't ready. The fire made you ready. He's like, yeah, John, I don't know about that. I don't know about the fire taking me higher because I cried and whined and complained a whole lot. While I was in the fire. And that's okay. You know what the good news is about fire? Fire's loud. Fire's loud. Ain't nobody else hear you in the fire. Nobody heard you whining and complaining. They don't know how you came through. They just know that you came through. They know, they know you survived and they know you are different and a deeper person than you were before. Even people who didn't see that particular season of your life can tell the difference in the before and after. And it might have just been a few months. But the fire changes you. About 20 years ago, um, I'd been through a season of testing and fire. And quite honestly, I don't, I honest, I don't even remember the details of it. Um, but a few months after that season had ended, when we were still up in the old sanctuary, it tells you how long it's been, and we had a guest speaker um, one Sunday night named Pastor Perry Kite. Um, Pastor Perry was such an incredible mentor to me and an inspiration to me. I was the worship leader at the time, and uh, so we had finished worship, and we brought pa- uh, Perry to the pulpit, and instead of getting into the Word, he called my name. You don't always want to have your name called um, by the by the guest speaker, um, but he said, "John, I've heard you sing a whole bunch of times." He said, "But there was something in your voice tonight that wasn't there last time I was here." Now I had this on on CD or tape, whatever we were using at the time, for a long time, and he went on to prophesy over me. But the gist of his remarks were that whatever I had been through since the last time he had been with us, had resulted in a spiritual promotion that he could hear. I had not noticed it. I had not heard it. Nothing had changed. It's not like my voice got better. 
it, nothing had changed in the natural. It was a spiritual effectiveness that happened as a result of the fire that I'd been through. The fire had taken me higher in a way that I'd never anticipated and honestly didn't even notice. And it was identified by somebody who had not seen me walk through that fire. And that leads me to what I've been calling the fire phenomenon. The fire phenomenon is the fifth of the principles I was going to bring out. Um, When these guys came through the fire, they came out of the fire, we've already talked about the fact that the king and all his little minions gathered around them and they checked them out. And there there was no physical damage to these guys. Fully clothed, they, they were thrown in fully clothed, their hair wasn't singed. You know, there's a particular aroma to singed hair. You know, no, that's not what happened. So you know, quit. Quit being mean. It hurts my feelings. Um, their, clothes, their clothes weren't scorched. Their skin wasn't charred. But one thing that they pointed out went even beyond the lack of physical damage. They noted that they'd been, even though they'd been in the fire, they didn't smell like smoke. They didn't smell like smoke. You know, your neighbor's house can catch on fire and all your stuff smells like smoke. These guys walked through the fire and didn't smell like smoke. You, you ever seen somebody who's been through the fire? Not a physical fire. They've been through something in their life, been through a season of fire walking, and you can just see it all over them? No? Y'all don't know people? <laughs> like, you can just tell... Oh, Lord, like you, you've, been through, you've been through some stuff. I'm a little stunned, a little dazed and confused, right? For me, the fact that they didn't even smell like smoke was maybe the most puzzling and intriguing of this whole deal. The king and his advisors knew what they had been through. They watched it happen, and they're looking and looking. They can't find one indication that they'd been through anything. If they had not seen the fire walking season for themselves, they would not have believed what they were seeing on these guys. Now, here's what I think it means when you walk out of the fire, but you don't smell like smoke. It means you have the benefits of the fire without the trauma of it. I'm going to slow down because I want you to get this. You get the benefits of the fire, you don't have the trauma of it. You got all the lessons you got all the empathy. Listen, once you go through, I cry all the time now. I cry. I can't watch, I can't watch commercials without crying. Valerie's <laughs> like, are you okay? I'm like, just give me a minute. I'll be okay. But the more you've been through some stuff yourself, the more you can go, man, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. I remember that pain. I know what that feels like. And you get all this empathy from going through stuff, all the freedom that you get from from having stayed long enough to get set free, all the wisdom that you've gained from asking the Lord to show you what you learned in the fire, all the gratitude for the faithfulness of God that that you survived it, all the positive things you gain in the fire, but you don't have the residual effects of the fire. You're not afraid. You're not angry. You're not in shock. You're not withdrawn. You're not afraid to get involved again. It's a sign that you have completed that firewalking season and you've milked every good thing you could get out of it. Would you agree with me? That's a, that's a pretty cool place to be. And that's where you want to be. That's where you want to be. 
Listen, there's nothing wrong with staggering out of the fire. Okay? You're like, John, that sounds really great. I love all that no smoke stuff, but I'm still trying to figure out where I am. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with needing time to process, time to pray through it, time to just figure out the season you've been in. But I just want you to know that there is a place that God can take you, sometimes even immediately, where God just supernaturally wipes away any of the negative stuff that you might have expected, any of the smoke that you expected to carry out of the season, and you just walk out clean and mature. People will see the way you carry yourself, and they'll see the depth that's been developed inside of you, but you won't have it, they won't have any idea of what you've been through. You ever heard somebody's story, and you just say, I had no idea that you'd been through all that. I had no idea you'd ever been through anything. I thought you'd had a perfect childhood. I thought you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. I had no idea you'd been through any of that stuff. That's what I'm talking about. You don't even smell, the, you don't even smell like the smoke that you walked through. That kind of surprising normalcy is a wordless witness all to itself. It's encouraging to people because we all have fires and we all have traumas that we've been through. To look at somebody who's been through it and has come out the other side of it and they're healed and they're made whole and they're strong and they've learned the lessons and they've got compassion for people that are going through it, but they're living their lives in victory and walking in peace, that's an incredible inspiration to people. It gives people hope. It gives people hope. But guess what that means? It means you've got to share your story. It means you've got to testify to the sustaining, healing, cleansing, restoring power of Jesus, not only to be with you in the fire, but to cleanse you and heal you and promote you after the fire. I believe Jesus is in this place right now. And I believe he wants to do this in your life today. He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring closure to the fire that you've walked through. He even wants to begin doing it in the fire that you may still be in right now. He can can begin to heal you from the fire before he ever gets you out of it. So ask for it. Ask for it. Say, John, how am I going to know I'm (laughs) smoke-free? You'll remember the fire, but it'll be like looking at a scar. It's a powerful memory. It doesn't cause you pain anymore. It's not like you forgot. It's not like you get a memory wipe and just get to start over again. You do that, you lose all the good stuff. You, you, you lose all the benefits that, you, that you've seen. You, you lose all of that too. So that's not what happens. It's just a scar. He just heals it. It doesn't hurt anymore. And you remember. You, and you can even remember the horrible things that may have happened. But you also remember the healing. You also remember the goodness and the faithfulness of God to bring you through it. So if you're just coming out of the fire... Start asking the Lord to get you to the point of healing and processing 
that you don't smell like smoke once the fire's over. That phenomenon is part of the fallout of the fire. There's one last thing I want to point out regarding your life after the fire walking season is over. I want you I want you to see it. In James chapter 1 verse 12. We've already been in James 1. This is just four verses later. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. That's another way to say fire walking. He blesses those who patiently endure it. Afterwards, they'll receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Listen, the fallout of the fire that you've been walking through is not limited to this earth. It won't just take you higher on the earth, but but it'll be an eternal reward for those who patiently endure the seasons of fire walking that we have in our lives. The fires that you walk through on this earth will be rewarded in eternity. There is nothing that you go through that he's not seeing and recording and rewarding appropriately. I want, to show you the, I want to show you that truth in the life of the Apostle Paul. If anybody knew about the fire, it was him. I want to show you two scriptures in 2 Corinthians. The first one describes the things that he went through, and the second one describes his perspective on it. So 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, Corey, I'd like to do the goodness of God, if you don't mind. So Paul's talking. He says, are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman. You need to read the rest of the chapter to get the context of what he's saying. But he said, I've, I've served the Lord far more. I've worked harder. I've been put in prison more often. I've been whipped times without number. I've faced death again and again. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. In verse 24. And then verse 25. Three times I was beaten with rods. One time I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. One time I spent a whole night and day adrift in the sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from the rivers and from the robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the cities, danger in the deserts, danger on the seas. I've faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty. I've gone without food. I've often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And then besides all of this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Would you agree with me that Paul knows what, it, what you're walking through? That Paul has been where you are? Paul's experienced what you've experienced? Well, let me show you his perspective on this in chapter 4 verse 16 Paul said that's why I, this is why I never give up because though our bodies are dying our spirits are being renewed every day for our present troubles now you just saw the list of present troubles that he's had right he's been through it our present troubles are small and won't last very long Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that we can't see. For the things that we see now will soon be gone. 
including the fire that you're walking through. But the things we can't see, they'll last forever. Paul had already caught a glimpse of it. He had already seen, he described it kind of through a glass darkly. But when you understand what's waiting for you in eternity, when you realize that the world, that the world that awaits us is far more real than anything we've experienced on this earth, then you realize that every burden you've carried will seem light. And every season you've spent in the fire will seem like just a moment. Just a moment. So I just want to tell you today, brother, sister, hold on. Hold on. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't give up and walk away. The season of fire walking will end. And when it does, the fallout from that season that happens in your life and, and after your life will blow your mind. And it'll make every moment worth it. Y'all stand with me, please. Say, okay, John, so now what do I do? Standing here in this fire, or standing here, just walked out of the fire, what am I supposed to do with all of this? Start asking him to prepare you for the promotion. Ask him to get you to the place where where you no longer smell like smoke. Ask him to help you get an eternal perspective on it. Ask him. And I want you also to do this. I asked him to sing this song specifically for a reason. I want you to recognize that if your fire is over, the only reason you survive is the faithfulness and the goodness of God. So even as you're wrestling with how you got in that mess in the first place and you're maybe wrestling with your faith and all of that, just understand the fact that you're still standing is a testament to the goodness and the mercy of God. You can work all the rest of that stuff out later, but it was his goodness that brought you through. And for that, and for all the lessons that he taught you, for the freedom that your fire brought for you you should say thank you for that sincerely you should say thank you for that and it's the gratitude that you have now that will prepare you when you walk through another fire in the future listen we're going to pray we're going to sing this song and I want you to respond to to the word of God not to me but to the word of God today And respond in whatever way is appropriate for your life and for whatever stage and season you're walking through. No matter what that is, you can still give thanks for the goodness and the faithfulness of the Lord. Whatever you've got going on, if you want to come and pray, uh, I asked Miss Peggy to come so we could pray for her. Um, But if you've got anything going on in your life, you come and pray. We'll be happy to pray with you about it. And then we'll be dismissed together in just a minute. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and I thank you for your faithfulness and goodness to us in every season. Lord, I pray that you would wrap your arms around us right now. 
Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, first of all, and most importantly, to be grateful to you. But Lord, I pray that you would also help us to be prepared for what what future promotion you have for us. I pray that you would help us to seek your face for the lessons, for the wisdom that you want to pour out. I pray that you'd help us to look for the ministry opportunities that this wordless witness has opened for us. And I pray, Lord, that you would that you would help us to get to the place where we no longer smell like smoke. And Lord, you can do it today. Or you can do it over a period of time. But one way or the other, we thank you that you want to do that in our lives. And we ask you to, to accomplish that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.